You're listening to episode four of the Architecture and Anthropocene podcast brought to you by Triennale Milano, Italy's foremost institution for design and contemporary culture with me, David Pleasant. Each episode will be bringing you some of the thoughts and insights of architects, designers, urbanists and a sound artist that have all passed through the Triennale's doors here in Milan. Having built up a reputation for innovation in the use of natural and sustainable materials such as wood and cardboard, and working on countless humanitarian projects across the globe, Japanese architect Shigeru Ban was awarded the highly esteemed Pritzker Prize in 2014. He is responsible for beautiful temporary churches and halls made of cardboard tubes and reused plastic crates, as well as intricate wooden structures such as the Pompidou Centre Metz and the Aspen Art Museum in Colorado. I sat down with an architect who manages to show enormous compassion as well as practicality. Shigeru Ban, thank you very much for, for joining us. We've just heard your incredible talk, which you listed many of the projects you've worked on, dozens of especially humanitarian projects. The list was amazing. So you, you created a lot of these things on site, very specific to the different situations from Rwanda to New Zealand. It seems like you have a very different approach to every place that you end up uh, creating uh, shelters for, but is there a sort of overarching method to what you do in, in these places? I, I'd, I'd like to know that. As you said, uh, it looks like there are different approaches in depending on cities, but that is a common idea. How to work with local people, how to use local material, how to use with local people. So that's common things. Because the local context is different depending on the location, that's why solution is different. But the common thing is working with local people, local material, what is available there. And you also said that you, you sort of avoid working with large groups or kind of national or international uh, sort of bodies. That, that's, uh, my capacity is not big and uh, that they have to be taken by the, by the government or the UN, but uh, I can meet the, some uh, special small group of people who has a particular issue to be solved. Right. Another thing that I thought was very interesting was you, you really questioned at one point what is permanent and what is temporary. Mm -hmm. And this notion that what is meant to be a temporary structure is often still existent and still enjoyed and, and used by the, the, the users or the inhabitants. Um, maybe can you put that question to, to us again and explain what you think makes a temporary or permanent building? It's the same example exists in any big city, even Milan. There's many modern commercial buildings which no longer exist. It's uh, turned down uh, by other developers to put a new, new building. That's happening everywhere in all over the world. As long as the building is made to, to make money, that is very temporary, even in concrete. But even if the, the, the small shelter made by students, if people love it, that can be permanent. It's not depending on what kind of material it's made of. It's not depending on the budget you spend. 
And if there was one material that seems to define a lot of your work, it, it does seem to be the cardboard tube. You seem to have an endless fascination or, of its opportunities. Well, because these materials are available anywhere in the world, even when I was working in Rwanda, capital of Kigali, has the paper chip manufacturer. Uh, so this is the material available anywhere in the world and very in inexpensive, lightweight. Another material that was quite fascinating was beer crates and your, your search for beer crates and their availability in different uh, natural disaster sites. Maybe tell us a few anecdotes of the beer crate. But as you see, that uh, some of the country, some of the community doesn't drink beer. <laughs> so <laughs> the beer crate was not available every, everywhere in the world. And you tried to avoid using Coca-Cola crates for some reason, but you, ha you had to yes. uh, do that in the Philippines, yes. is that yes. correct? Yeah, because I'm very flexible to adapt to whatever available locally. If I could just end on our theme for the Triennale, which is really on broken nature, design takes on human survival. It strikes me, listening to you, looking back at your career, you're, you're A, trying to fix nature by the with the material choices maybe that you're using, very much sort of in line with an environmental, ecological notion of, of recycling and, and, and sustainability. But as I said in, the, in my lecture, when I start using recycled material like paper tube, there is no term like ecology or sustainability. I didn't start because of this big movement, and they catch up with what I'm doing, so that this is not strategically done because of this movement. Thus, I'm interested in using any available material. I hate to waste material. That is the main concept. It's not ecological thinking. Okay, well, that's it. You've, you've answered my question. But then the second part is dealing or designing for human survival. So I feel like maybe if, if we just refer to our very own theme this year, would the human survival element be something that more uh, you feel associated with in, in your life and work? Yes, just uh, I love to create the space people appreciate. So that's energy to continue building the, the space for, for people and I enjoy. But also I really enjoy working with the students all the time. That was architect Shigeru Ban talking to me, David Pleasant, for the Architecture and Anthropocene podcast brought to you by Triennale Milano. Make sure to tune in to our next episode where I'll be speaking to Professor of Urban Planning and seasoned city thinker Ricky Burdett. You can download this and every episode of Architecture and Anthropocene by going to triennale.org. Thanks for listening and goodbye. <laughs>